IBA Talk, the Insurance Business America podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Insurance Business America Cyber Podcast Series. I'm Bethan Moorcroft, Deputy Editor, and in today's episode, I'm joined by Oren Shetrit, Director of Product, and Harry Metzger, Cyber Risk Analyst at CyberCube, a leading cyber risk analytics platform. Um, Oren, Harry, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Excellent. Great. So in the first episode of our cyber series, we discussed the cyber risk landscape um, and we looked at how businesses of every size and sector are increasingly exposed to cyber risk as they incorporate more technology and they handle more data in their everyday operations. Um, Now we have the task of looking at how businesses can firstly understand their cyber risk exposure and secondly, how they can mitigate that exposure. So let's start with the understanding piece. Oren, Harry, how should businesses think about their exposure to cyber risk? Sure. Uh, This is obviously a really important and interesting question. And uh, when we started working on Broking Manager, our upcoming product, we took a look around and One of the things that struck us was that companies either tend to look at cyber risk from a security technology perspective or a risk management perspective, but not both. So we took a step back and thought hard about what actually keeps business owners up at night. And with the help of some team members with a criminal research background, we actually found an academic theory called routine activity theory which was developed in the 1970s as part of research looking at why the crime rate in the U.S. changed from the 1950s to the 1970s. And what this theory states is that for a crime to occur, you must have the convergence of the following three things, a threat actor, a suitable target, and the lack of a capable guardian. Now, applying this to cyber threats makes a lot of sense because you can map the exact same principles to cybercrime. Businesses have assets. They protect them with security practices and technology. There are bad guys out there trying to evade the technology, and they're going after those valuable assets. So as far as businesses go, our view is that they should be thinking about cyber risk not only from the perspective of what technology to use, but also what are they protecting and who is the likely offender that is going after these valuable assets. And I would agree with that. It's important when you are deploying security technology to understand exactly what it is you are protecting in the first place. If you are a business that processes a lot of online payments and you have lots of PII data, you need to be aware that, one, that is something that criminals are going to want to get at, and you need to be uh, have security measures in place uh, in measure with that risk. Um, if instead you are a company that is, um, you are in the oil and gas industry, there are lots of people out there who are uh, wanting to take down the oil and gas industry just to cause destruction, and you need to keep that in mind as well. And so there is a difference between protecting against the drive-by criminals who are making a quick buck and criminals who are going to be targeting you specifically, which requires different security deployments uh, to protect against that. Okay, so, so let's say a business has crossed that, that first step. They understand they have some form of cyber exposure. Um, so, so what's next? Like, What available tools, resources, and technology can they use to help manage and mitigate that cyber risk? 
I, I would say that the first step to do is to make sure you have your basics covered. Um, there is kind of a parallel to the old NYPD broken window policy, which admittedly had its own issues, but I think it works as a good comparison uh, in this case. It's important that your network perimeter and your outward facing systems are uh, in tip top shape. Uh, make sure that you have all of your patches installed and make sure that you are regularly checking to make sure you have patches installed. Make sure all of your SSL certificates are up to date. Um, make sure you don't have any databases that are exposed to the internet. Uh, all of this is to say that it's in, the first step is to make sure that um, you have everything under control so that criminals who are casting a wide net and are just looking for a quick buck don't stumble upon your systems and say, oh, here's an easy target. So to, to add to what Harry just mentioned on kind of perimeter uh, security and, and hygiene, um, there's also often a disconnect between people in an organization thinking about IT security and the people thinking about risk management and insurance. This is especially true in the small and mid-sized market where one or both of these roles may not even exist uh, at the company. And this was one of the big reasons we put a lot of resources into developing our broking manager product. We think it's critically important for insurance brokers to be in a position of knowledge and trust and to help companies not only understand their cyber risk and uh, the technologies or practices that may mitigate that, but also help quantify a company's financial exposure to this cyber risk using data-driven approaches as opposed to anecdotal evidence that they use today. Hmm. You just made a good point about different sized businesses. Um, you know, a, a large Fortune 500 business will probably, if not definitely, have um, a chief information security officer who's hopefully in discussions with the board, helping people to understand you know, their company's cyber risk. But as you mentioned, the, the small business probably does not have that person in place. They possibly don't even um, understand their cyber risk exposure. So if, if we look at companies you know, in that small to medium-sized range, are there any specific tools or any ways that they can really get to grips with this issue? You know, any quick fixes, perhaps, to, to improve their cybersecurity? Um, there are a lot of companies out there that do what I would call scanning the internet every day, and they mimic the practices and procedures that these uh, kind of lower tier cyber criminals would use to hunt for a target, if you want to say that. Um, so they, they go around and they look for systems that have missing patches. They go around and look for SSL certs that are expired. They go around and look for open ports on computers and trying to find exposed databases. Um, and especially for the small and medium business segment that we're talking about, um, contacting with someone who can provide you this data on an up-to-date basis to kind of alert you to say, hey, we scanned your IP range and we found this computer that looks vulnerable, you should do something about it, is extremely important. Um, and here at CyberCube, we partner with many data providers who do that exact same uh, internet scanning, and we use that in our analytics to help provide uh, a vision into the exposure for some of these companies. And, and I would jump in and say that this is exactly why insurance is really critical for the SMB market, because not only do these 
smaller and, and mid-sized companies not have the sophistication and budget to invest so heavily in uh, IT security, but they're also much more vulnerable should an attack happen. Whereas, you know, in large Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 companies, they have plenty of reserves where if something happens, they can survive that event and likely face the penalties, fines, disruption that they cause. If you're a small sized company, like it may wipe you out and it very will likely wipe you out. And that's why I think insurance going forward will play such a big role there. Yeah, definitely. And you also made the point um, about the insurance broker and agent. And I think, again, that smaller and medium-sized business is sort of relying on the distributor to get that education around cyber risk. Um, so what role do the uh, brokers and agents play in this? Well, I think the role of the broker, particularly as it relates to cyber risk, is becoming a trusted advisor to companies. And what I mean by that is just being a partner that understands that a strong security posture is insufficient and that you have to bridge the gap between security exposure and business risk management. It's, it's very much like going to a doctor. If your doctor tells you that you're at risk for some condition, let's say heart disease, and you tell your doctor that you exercise every day, it's your doctor's job to tell you that you're predisposed to the disease based on several other factors like genetic history, diet, or even smoking. And very similarly, when it comes to cyber risk, brokers could hear from their clients that their security operation is Fort Knox and they've invested so much money. But it's important to understand and point out that the client may still have tremendous exposure based on volume and type of record stored, onerous contractual obligations that may exacerbate the effect of a cyber event, uh, attackers that may be targeting businesses like theirs, or even just the, the trending cyber attacks that are, that are after their industry. Okay. In, in the first episode of the, the cyber series, we spoke about a couple of the different risks. Um, so we were talking about uh, phishing attacks, we were talking about social engineering, Obviously, ransomware is a really big issue at the moment in, in the cyber risk landscape. So, you know, what advice can brokers and agents provide to clients to help them mitigate against some of these specific types of cyber incident or cyber attack? Um, I would say that the human element is still the weakest link in the system. Uh, all of the best automated security in the world and all of the best, most modern products uh, aren't going to be able to protect against an administrator who accidentally gives away their password. Um, and it's, so it is important to uh, make sure that your employees are trained and your employees are aware of, one, the privileges that their accounts have, and two, how important it is to protect those accounts. Um, a smart human is better than any tool any given day. We still haven't made uh, the magical AI that can protect us all. And so that is very important. Um, but then again, humans are imperfect, and so you need tools to protect against the inevitable mistakes that are going to happen. Uh, and the best security advice that I can give is, again, is go back to basics and make sure that you are uh, keeping up to date with what the latest security researchers are putting out. So there are a, a community of white hat security researchers who 
it seems like almost daily, are publishing uh, information about new vulnerabilities and new ways to break things. And the truth of the matter is, by the time that you see these publications, uh, the companies of the affected products have already released patches, which is usually the polite thing to do in security researcher society. Uh, and so uh, that's all a long way to say is make sure that you patch your systems, make sure that you're keeping up with the latest uh, trends in the security industry, which is where I think the uh, broker relationship can really help these small and medium businesses who may not have the personnel uh, to keep up with these trends on a daily basis. And, and to just jump up at that point on, on advice from brokers, I think that one of the most important bits of advice brokers can provide their clients is to make sure they avoid the common trap about thinking about cyber risk in the isolated view of IT security and technology. Like Harry mentioned, the human element is the weakest link, and so we don't have technology to solve for that. We have practices, but humans are still going to make errors. And companies should be thinking about this risk holistically and making sure they have a good idea of what their operation and financial exposure look like should a cyber event happen because even the best technology, security technology around won't necessarily prevent that. Yeah, that's fair. It's um, in terms of, you know, the broker bringing extra value. So we've, we've spoken about, you know, the education piece, we've spoken about tools and things they can, can bring to companies. Um, obviously, CyberCube is a cyber analytics platform. Now, how can brokers and agents perhaps engage in analytics um, to use that to help with that education piece and perhaps sort of use it for benchmarking and things like that when discussing cyber risk with potential or current clients? Um, from the security side of things, which is really where um, I have been spending some time for the past six years, uh, I think it's important to make sure that uh, going back to my conversation about keeping up with the security trends and keeping up with what is happening, making sure that that is not just an anecdotal sharing stories experience, but is actually based on some sort of data-driven method to be able to say with certainty that uh, this variant of a phishing attack is on the rise 20% over the past month. Uh, being able to be very clear about these are the attacks that we have seen in the wild and this is proof that this is happening, as opposed to this guy on stage at the latest security conference I went to told this really cool story, so now I'm going to pitch this to my uh, all of my clients. Yeah, and, and I think that to add to that, you know, using data, company-specific data, whether it's behind the firewall data that, that we use or internet scanning data, using that data to ensure that you have an up-to-date and accurate view of risks that your business faces. and Again, thinking about them not only in what the vulnerabilities are, but also it's important to understand and, and internalize and make decisions on what is your financial exposure, what are the business implications of these types of attacks that whatever trending methods of, of risk or whatever vulnerabilities create, what impact do those have on your business and what impact could they have? Yeah. Have you seen, you know, as more companies like CyberCube um, appear in the marketplace and bring these sort of data-driven analytical solutions to cyber risk, have you seen 
um, education and understanding improve among the broker and agent force um, because that education is also needed among insurance distributors as well as the end clients. I mean, I think that that is the huge opportunity that we are looking to serve. Um, We've spent a lot of time working with uh, insurers, working with reinsurers, working with reinsurance brokers, and we know that, you know, they are quite advanced and they have, um, you know, a lot of personnel and expertise at their disposal to put at this, and so that's been where we started. But in, as we gone out and gotten to know the, the broker community, uh, what we found is that there's a huge gap there and there's a big need because all, so the, the large brokers have budgets and personnel to address this issue and many of them have built in-house products and tools, but the rest of the market hasn't and they don't have the teams that can build technology. They don't have the analytics and, and actuarial experts that can model risks, risks and understand exposure. And so, you know, what we want to do is empower them to have those data-driven and informed communications with their clients to be trusted advisors. And as you mentioned, this will the, the opportunity is large and that will likely drive many more people to address it, but it's certainly a big gap that exists today. Yeah. Well, uh, what you've just said also also links into um, another trend in the cyber insurance space, which is that insurers are currently trying to differentiate themselves with their value-added services. Um, so a lot of it is in actually in breach response. Um, so they're offering, you know, legal counsel. Um, they're offering, you know, uh, things to help people respond to uh, events. Um, do you think enough people are offering pre-breach services, um, you know, that are helpful for clients, etc.? Um, pre-breach services is hard, especially from uh, an insurer's point of view, because what pre what pre-breach services would entail is either the standing up of an entire security platform, uh, which I think is more than today's insurers uh, can do on their own. Uh, I think something that may be useful is providing uh, a some sort of like a SOC audit or something like that is uh, hooking up companies with these professional services firms who are very good at cheaply, efficiently, and effectively performing a cybersecurity audit so that companies can uh, understand the state of their cybersecurity before something bad happens. And as much as we talk about having uh, behind the firewall data and the externally available scanning data, there's really nothing that can beat the hand touch of an auditor crawling through your company for a month long time period. And so I think that having an independent view of uh, your in- internal cyber risk is going to be important. I think that to add to that, there's, you know, we talked a lot about the SMB and, and middle market space. I think that uh, one of the big challenges is obviously, even from the insurer's perspective, these premiums and then these policy sizes for the SMB market are really small. So that limits the number of touch points you can have with 
the enterprise. It limits the amount of services you can realistically offer given an enterprise's willingness to pay. And so I think that, you know, it's, it's really about kind of optimizing for that low-touch, low-friction uh, requirement based on just the, the general size of, of the opportunity, uh, but also making sure that, you know, the key elements of, of education and, and planning are there given how important those are. Um, you know, to Harry's point about, you know, having an auditor on site for uh, a month, obviously that's fantastic. Is that realistic for a company in the you know, $20 million in revenue a year or hundred even $100 million in revenue per year? You know, it's unclear. Yeah, yeah, okay, yep. Great. So just last question uh, for now, in, in terms of, you know, moving forwards, um, if we look at the, the, broker, the broker enterprise relationship, we've spoken a lot, a lot about that uh, in this episode, but how do you see that evolving over time? What should perhaps, you know, the brokers and agents be focusing on in the next few years to, you know, ensure they serve this space in the best way possible? That's a really hard question. Um, one thing I know for sure is that the relationship is going to change. I do think, however, that this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for brokers to really establish themselves as a valuable and trusted partner in cyber risk management and mitigation, which, by the way, of course, is an incredibly fast-growing opportunity. So right now, nobody really knows the right answers Insurers don't really know, which is partially why they rely on CyberCube for risk analytics. Uh, enterprises don't know either, which is why they're looking to insurance for risk coverages. And I think brokers are in a very unique position to kind of grow their position of trust and help enterprises understand their exposure to cyber risk and make sure that they're taking the appropriate next steps to ensure that their business is robust and prepared for this very dynamic and quickly evolving cyber risk landscape. And so that spans from understanding what the fundamentals that, that Harry mentioned and what the basic steps are you should take as you think about your security posture, but it's also in understanding what does a bad day look like? What are the drivers of this bad day? And if something happens, what position would you be in given your current state of insurance coverage, given your current state of exposure, whether it's contractual or regulatory or compliance, and how do we prepare for that comprehensively across both risk management, technology, and insurance? And, and I think that's a great callback to the previous question where these are some pre-breach services that insurers and brokers can offer to clients in that hey, we are not going to stand up a security program for you, but we can help you understand your cyber risk profile. And maybe in this case, this shorter risk, it would be better for you to invest in a security program to protect against this risk. And we can help you on the long tail, which is where you don't have the money to invest and we don't have the resources to help you protect against. Mm. Excellent. 
Okay, great. Well, Harry, Oren, thank you both very much um, for sharing some insight on that. We've got lots to uh, to think about. Um, if you enjoyed that podcast, please make sure to tune in to the rest of our Cyber Risk series, where we discuss the Cyber Risk landscape, we discuss insurance coverages that are available, and we'll be looking at breach response as well. Also, make sure to follow us on social media. We're at Twitter, at InsuranceBizUS, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to this episode of IBA Talk, presented by CyberCube. For more information on how you can manage and mitigate cyber risk, visit them at cybecube.com. That's C-Y-B-C-U-B-E dot com. Be sure to follow IBA Talk on SoundCloud and Stitcher for more episodes of our special cyber podcast series available now. Thank you.